This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. Lawmakers are returning to Lansing after the summer break, and they've got a lot of work on their plates. There is still no deal in place to improve funding for Michigan's roads. That was a centerpiece of Governor Gretchen Whitmer's campaign for governor. Uh, We also have a budget deadline looming. October 1st is the beginning of the new fiscal year, and we need to have a budget in place uh, in order to know how government is going to spend money in that year. There is no deal on that either. This is a little unusual, at least in recent history, when Governor Rick Snyder was in office and had control of both houses of the legislature, they were always able to reach a budget deal by early summer. Now that you have a Democratic governor, though, and a Republican legislature, we're having a harder time coming to agreement. Here to help us sort out what is going on in Lansing and what we might expect going into the fall is someone who's paying really close attention. Shana Roth is the state capital correspondent for the Michigan Public Radio Network. Shana, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Yeah. So uh, let's start with uh, the conversation that I just had with Attorney General uh, Dana Nessel. You were listening in. Uh, What struck you from what she said? What was sort of the highlight for you of, uh, of what she had to share with us. Honestly, it was a great refresher of all of the different lawsuits and cases that are going through that office. Yeah, they're pretty busy. Uh, you know, some of, <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them are tend to drag out for long periods of time and you kind of forget about where they're at and what's going on with them. So I was kind of taking notes like, oh, yeah, I got to remember to keep an eye on this one and that one. Um, And then the other thing, too, with her office, it's been very interesting to follow how she has been setting up multiple conflict walls for different lawsuits for different situations and following and tracking just sort of how her office has been able to work and maneuver and function, given that, you know, people actually have to leave meetings depending on what is being discussed. Um, So to hear her kind of talk a little bit more about those complex walls and where she stands on each one is always very interesting to me. Hmm. Um, So let's start with uh, what you are doing uh, this week. You are in Grand Rapids covering the oral arguments in the case that I was talking about with uh, Dana Nessel regarding same-sex adoption. Talk about what's happening with that case. This has been something that's been really interesting to follow because it started a couple years ago when the ACLU and some other individuals, they filed a lawsuit against the then Snyder administration, uh, essentially saying that a 2015 law that uh, allowed for faith-based adoption agencies to turn away same-sex couples and still get state dollars Um, they were refuting that law. They were saying that that law is unconstitutional and that that shouldn't go forward. Um, So that case was in court for quite a while. In fact, through the end of the Snyder administration, uh, it was a law that Attorney General Bill Schuette defended. And then when now Attorney General Dana Nessel came to town, she very rather quickly came to a settlement uh, with the ACLU and with the uh, potential foster parents. And she, as she kind of explained, this was something that she felt was good public policy, that these agencies should not be able, able or allowed to, particularly under state law, to turn away um, adopt, uh, adoptive parents for any reason, particularly if they're getting state dollars. Well, now we're seeing sort of the inversion 
of that case, where some of these faith-based adoption agencies are saying that, hey, the attorney general's mandate goes against this prior law, and oh, by the way, it also violates our religious freedoms. So we're going to be hearing oral arguments on that case this week, and it should be, it's going to be very interesting. This is one of those cases where you thought it was over, and then, oh no, we're going to keep going with this. (laughs) Yeah, it does not seem to have uh, an obvious an obvious end or or an easy resolution. Um, no. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about what's going on in Lansing. Uh, yeah. State Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky has kind of teased a possible road funding deal coming our way in the not-too-distant future. He says that he thinks he's pretty close uh, among leadership to, to some idea of what's going to happen or what they'd like to see happen. Uh, but I talked with uh, Senator Pete Lucido this week as well on the program, and he said, look, leaders might have a deal that they think they're close to to forging, but that the rank and file haven't been included in those negotiations and that they're not necessarily inclined to go along with it. Um, uh, where do we stand with even a peek at what uh, might be uh, feasible in, in terms of an agreement between all of these players? I mean, there's really been no peaking. <laughs> I mean, this is like this is like Christmas morning where you have no idea what's going to happen <laughs> until you open those presents. Um, this, I mean, it seems like on some level we're kind of where we were even before summer break. They, you know, we're constantly saying we're working on it, we're having discussions, there's something on the horizon, but there was never any sort of deadline and there was never any firm plan in place or any part of a plan that was shared with us. And, you know, we've heard special interest groups give ideas. We've heard individual lawmakers give ideas. And I think it's really interesting that uh, Senator Lucio pointed out that the rank-and-file members have not been briefed on this. I mean, this is not really an experiment, but it's going to be interesting to see if the leadership's methodology of essentially being like, we're going to spend the summer sort of working on this in isolation, and then we will update you, and maybe then is when they will rope the governor in. I mean, hmm. they're, they're, they're kind of trying to put this thing together in isolation and then bringing people in and then bringing in the third person. I mean, it's re- going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. But I think it's possible, as Senator Lucido alluded to, that maybe they forgot that just because they have a plan doesn't mean that all of their individual members, because before they can get it to the governor's desk, they still got to get enough votes by their own members in order to get it there. And then, of course, they have to get it to the governor and get her to sign it. And she has continued to say that she hasn't seen a plan, that she has talked with the leadership, but she has not done any actual negotiations. Now, whether or not that is going to be quickly changing, we'll see. So so earlier this spring, uh, Senate Republicans said they were working on a plan that would supplant this 45-cent gas tax that the governor proposed earlier this year, that they thought they had a better way to come up with this $2 billion. I don't remember them ever coming out with, the, with that plan, but but is that plan still in play? Is that something that they presented to the governor? And is this maybe the source of what Mike Shirky says uh, is is a pending, perhaps, deal among leadership? We have not seen a plan. And I don't think, that, as far as I know from the governor's office, they have not seen a leg- like an actual, like, here, this is point for point our idea. Instead of your 45-cent gas tax increase, this is how we're going to get that $2, $2.5 billion 
in annual revenue for the roads. Um, what we have heard is that Senator Shirky is open to, after sort of exhausting all other areas and, you know, finding all of the other pennies under the couch cushions in the budget, that he is willing to look at, look for new revenue. What that looks like, we don't know. And then there's also the concern or the problem that is Speaker of the House, Lee Chatfield, who has said that he really is resistant to any source of new revenue, that he thinks that they can find everything they need either by accelerating um, maybe old roads plans or by moving things around in the budget or changing this or that. So, I mean, the answer is we really just are in the dark with this. And it seems like the only people who know if there is a plan and what that plan looks like are the people who have been meeting behind closed doors. Hmm. At the same time, Governor Whitmer's plan, this 45 cent increase in the gas tax uh, was was really unpopular, uh, unpopular among legislators and really unpopular among the public. I mean, I, I was taken aback, I think, by the degree of negativity in the in some of the polling that came out on that plan. Mm-hmm. W- would you say that plan is dead at this point? I mean, is there is there no real chance that she will get uh, an increase in that tax uh, that's, that's quite that large? Or is she just kind of sitting there and waiting for everything else to, to collapse or melt away? And then her idea is really the only one that's uh, on the table. Well, both members, both Senator Mike Shirky and Speaker House Lee Chatfield have said that essentially the 45 cents is not going to happen, that it is a non-starter, that there is no way that they're going to be able to get their members to vote for it. And they say that the people of Michigan can't afford it. Um, But again, they haven't really brought up any sort of counter proposal. And that's sort of the refrain that Governor Gretchen Whitmer has been saying is she's been saying that, look, we spent a lot of time on this. This is the only way that we were able to come up with to get that additional money that we need. And if you have a better plan, by all means, please show me. Let's let's work this out. And as far as we know, so far, they haven't been able to do that. So, I mean, I think what we might end up with is maybe a lower gas and fuel tax, maybe not 45 cents, maybe 20 cents or Mm -hmm. something along those lines, along with you know, other things and maneuvers in the budget and things like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, we're all still kind of waiting to be like, okay, you said that that wasn't going to happen. So what's your plan? Right. What else is there? Um, You know, are are there areas that are opportunities for the governor and legislative leadership to come together around this issue? I mean, we've talked about the things uh, that divide them and and their own plans that, uh, that neither side seems all that enthusiastic about what are the opportunities to kind of bridge that gap going into the fall? Yeah, I mean, I think it seems like everybody is starting to agree that if we're going to set aside money or put together a roads plan, then that money has to go towards the roads and nothing else. Um, You know, in the past, there have been what they call these shell games where there'll be money set aside in a certain fund, but that money will kind of also be used towards other things like schools Um, You know, part of our gas tax right now, not all of it goes towards roads. So everybody seems to kind of agree that whatever they end up doing, that it should definitely all be just for the roads, nothing else. Let's, you know, make sure that that is contained in that way. So I think that's probably some area where they're going to come to a consensus. And then, you know, despite uh, Speaker of the House Lee Chatfield being very, um, you know, against or reserved about 
raising additional revenue, it does seem like a lot of lawmakers are coming around to the idea that if we're going to get this much money, there's probably going to have to be some level of new revenue raised because our budget has been stagnant for many years. We really haven't had an increase in our budget. And in order to get this, you know, two, two and a half billion dollars a year, people are going to have to put some money towards it. Hmm. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Shana Roth about what is going on in Lansing. We want to hear from you, too. Do you have any confidence that we're ever going to get a roads package that will deliver drivable, smooth roads here in Michigan? Are you willing to pay more in taxes to get those roads, or you think the money should come from somewhere else. Also, what do you think about the prospect that we might not have a budget in place by the new fiscal year on October 1st? 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Shana Roth. She is the state capital correspondent for the Michigan Public Radio Network. We're talking about legislators who are headed back to Lansing after their summer break with a lot of work ahead of them. They still have to come together some way to give us better roads here in Michigan, something that Governor Gretchen Whitmer promised she would do if elected. Uh, They also need to get a budget together before the October 1st beginning of the next fiscal year. Uh, We have been several years since uh, we went past that deadline without a budget in place. Uh, But that, of course, was easier when you had all Republican control of state government. You had a governor who was Republican and both houses of the legislature. Now we've got divided government. And if you can remember the last time we had that here in Michigan, we often went past that October 1st deadline uh, with very rancorous uh, debates and really desperate measures taking hold. Is that what we're going to see again this year, or will they get it together and pull it out before October 1st? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what you think about roads. Tell us what you think about budget negotiations in Lansing. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, Again, 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit today, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Shana, before we go to phones, I wanted to get your assessment of the budget negotiations, which of course are tied up in negotiations over the roads as well. Uh, but but there are some other dimensions of the budget struggle that I think uh, divide the parties as well. Yeah, and I think really one of the big ones is department budgets. Uh, Republicans want to make some cuts to the Secretary of State's office, to the Attorney General's budget, um, but there's also the Department of Corrections, which is one of the largest individual budgets. There's always issues that come up with that particular budget, um, with Republicans looking for savings, and sometimes that can mean you know getting rid of some programs or uh, moving some different things around, maybe closing prisons. Um, and so this, that's an area where a lot of times we're going to see that Republican and Democrat uh, sort of coming to a head in the individual committee hearings tends to be a lot over how much is 
each individual department going to get. And then there's usually just some, you know, every year you hear, um, you know, one side really wants to cut different um, government-funded programs. Other sides want to fund them more. So a lot of the other areas, aside from roads, are fairly standard, some that we see um, sort of year to year, although the cutting of the Secretary of State's and the Attorney General's budgets, those were those were a bit of a surprise this year. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Chris in Detroit. Chris, what is on your mind? Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Okay, so one of my one of my biggest things is we since I've been a uh, voting member of the public, we've passed three different budgets for roads. Why don't we use the money that we've passed already and then increase the budget from there? Hmm. Because for me, I'm one of those people that I said, okay, I voted for this millage. I voted for that millage. I voted for this millage. I'm tired of getting taxed. And now you want to add another 45 cents to every gallon of tax? That doesn't make sense to me. Because that means that all, all somebody's going to do in another few months is move the money again. Hmm. So, Chris, let um, me ask you a couple questions. Uh, um, do, you, do you feel like the, the things that you voted for in the past have made no difference in the, in the no. condition of the roads? I live, I live in Metro Detroit. And my, yeah, sorry, I don't live in Metro. I live in Detroit. My actual, my actual road in my on my street is actually falling apart. And we've gone to the city countless numbers of times. We've gone to the state countless numbers of times as a neighborhood and said, "Hey, could you please repair our road? Our road hasn't been repaired in forty years." Mm-hmm. And and um, if if you could be guaranteed, Chris, that new money would be spent the way they said it was going to be spent and that the roads would get better, would you be more open to the idea of uh, an increase in the gas, in the gas tax? Would that at, do it for you? Not, not at 45 cents per gallon. You think that's just too much? Because 45, let's do the math. Mm-hmm. 45 times 6, the average car is 16 gallons. 45 cents per 16 gallons. That's an extra, what, $5 per, per, uh, per car? Mm-hmm. Most people can't afford that. I sell cars for a living, too. Mm-hmm. So I actually have to look at that, too. Yeah. All right, Chris. No, I really appreciate uh, uh, your call and uh, and your thoughts. Uh, Shana Roth, I think that's a really interesting and poignant sort of example of the problem that uh, the governor has had with this, with this pretty risky proposal uh, from the beginning is that people – People have long memories when it comes to roads and road funding. They have longer memories, I think, when they think about taxes uh, and their pocketbooks. It's just it, it has been a really hard sell, even with the roads in the condition that they're in. Yeah, and Governor Gretchen, remember, she's tried to kind of head that off by essentially saying that you're going to pay more in the gas tax, but we're going to essentially lighten your pocketbooks in, or I'm sorry, add to your pocketbooks in other areas. So her overall budget proposal also included repealing the ten- the pension tax, which would help, mm-hmm. um, you know, some older folks out there. She also has argued that by making sure that all of our roads are in good shape, that you're going to save money in the long run because you're not going to be paying for busted up tires, broken windshields, things like that from hitting potholes or having gravel pieces coming at your car. So she's really tried to sell it um, sort of in that way. But it is interesting to to hear from to hear from the caller because yeah, I mean I think for a lot of people they're saying, hey, I thought we've I thought we've we've put money towards roads how many times? And one of the issues with those prior roads plans and why people aren't seeing as much of it is because 
when they were passed, it wasn't like, here's a bunch of money all at once, go forth and fix the roads. They were in a lot of ways accelerated. So they would do some at some point, some at another. Um, you know, if you ask Republicans, they'll keep saying that we have, they have been um, passing record road funding for a couple of years now. So, yeah. And then the other thing too, is if, if they're voting on, I think he said that he voted on some millages, that's just, for the local community. And what lawmakers are trying to do is figure out a way to sort of statewide um, try and fix the roads. But I think a lot of other communities, we've seen some local millages pass to try and fix the roads. So I think that there is definitely, on some level, this losing of hope that Mm. (laughs) the state government is actually going to get this done. And now more local communities are saying, hey, we're going to pass the millage, we're going to fix our own roads. But then when somebody has to pay for that millage and then be like, oh, no, now I have an additional gas tax for for a lot of voters to them. That's concerning. And maybe it doesn't make sense to them. Mm. Uh, Again, uh, Chris, I really appreciate the call uh, and the comments. Uh, Let's go to Brian in Ferndale. Brian, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. Sure. Um, I also want to talk about the the gas tax. And uh, I'm a registered Democrat. And I am against the gas tax that has been proposed as well. Uh, I think it is a working class tax that uh, the burden shouldn't have to go on the working class people. I think that's why you have so many people from both sides against it. Uh, Where the money needs to come from is from the corporations and the wealthy people who have the money to fix the roads. And I know we've uh, loosened our regulations on the roads which is one reason why they're crumbling. Most just commuter cars are not the reason that the roads are crumbling. It's these heavy haulers. So, so you would like to see a tax, for instance, on maybe businesses or or truck trucking uh, that that um, that would you think would raise more money or raise money in a yeah. in a fairer way? That's where I think the money should come from. Yes, I yeah. think it shouldn't come from the working class people. It should okay. come from the corporations that have the money. Okay, Brian, I appreciate the call. Uh, and the comments, you know, Shana, that's something I hear a lot too. Uh, people saying, "Why can't we get this money from, you know, the the the, the heaviest users of our roads?" And literally, that would be uh, industry. Um, that that always comes up when we talk about roads, and uh, mm-hmm. I think there are some pretty important reasons why that alone is probably not a great substitute. Yeah, I mean, I think when you when you talk to different lawmakers, that's something that they've they've considered. But there's a couple of things they say. One is that it's not going to raise enough money. That mm-hmm. while these you know massive trucks do uh, permeate the state and they go through it a lot, it's still not there's not as many of them as there are of like individual citizens. So it's not going to be able to raise enough of that revenue. And then the other concern they have is that if you are taxing these out of state businesses that are coming into Michigan to do businesses, to do business in the state or to haul things through the state, then that we're going to lose that business. And that is going to have an overall impact on the economy. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Let's go to Sharon in Birmingham. Sham, Sharon, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi. hi. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get outside my car just a moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The, my concern is, I understand. You know, I support paying for what we use, and so I don't really have a particular objection to the 
increase in a gasoline tax. But I'm just concerned that as we make a transition to more electrical vehicles, that if we're relying exclusively on um, gasoline taxes, that um, we'll end up in the, with the same problem, crumbling roads but no way to fund them. Mm. Mm. Um, I think that's a really that's a uh, also a really interesting dimension of the uh, of the conversation, Sharon. I'm glad you called, uh, Shane. I'll give you a chance to respond to that. Yeah, I mean that's a really interesting interesting thought about it. I think where lawmakers' heads are at with that though is that it, we are still so far away from being uh, even you know even fifty fifty between gas and electric vehicles that by the time that electric vehicles are um, you know, the majority of the fleet of cars in Michigan, that they'll be sort of so far away and term limited, let's be mm-hmm. honest, um, but that it'll be so far away that maybe something new will have come up. Uh, again, Sharon, thanks very much for the call uh, and the questions. Uh, let's quickly go to Aaron in Gross Point. Aaron, I've got about uh, 30 seconds left in the show, but I wanted to get you in here. Uh, good morning. Yes, my, my question is, why not consider doing a toll tax on the roads? Mm. Um, I do a tremendous amount of driving between Detroit and New York, and it just seems logical that, you know, if vehicles, regardless if it's electric or yeah. if it's a truck or if it's a commuter, you're using the roads, you should pay yeah. uh, for fixing the roads. Uh, Aaron, great question. Uh, Shana, that comes up a lot, too, when we talk about uh, road funding. Uh, I've got about 20 seconds left, but uh, explain where that fits in the conversation. <laughs> Honestly, this has been, my dad asks me this every time I see him. Why don't we have toll roads? <laughs> right. um, this is just an area that lawmakers have really been uh, resistant to. They just, they don't see, you know, sort of creating these tolls and going through all of that oversight and things like that as necessarily being worth it or able to raise enough revenue. Yeah. yeah. And there are some federal restrictions on that as well. Yep. Exactly. Uh, all right. Sheena Roth, state capital correspondent for the Michigan Public Radio Network. Always great to have you here with us. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. All right. That's going to do it for me today. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the New York Times extraordinary 1619 project looking at the 400th anniversary of slavery here in the United States. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.